0: Hey guys, Trey Copeland here. Yeah, that tall guy that plays a bit of cricket. You're listening to Moving the Chains. Yo, what's up
1: guys? It's Chad Townsend from Talking the Town. Hey sports fans, Nick Davis here and you're listening to Moving the, Chain.
2: the Chains. Yes, Moving the Chains. You can see we've all had our coffee tonight. Moving the Chains. Uh, NFL podcast brought to you by our friends at TopSport.com.au. I am JB Sauer. Boys, where do I start? Last week on the podcast, I wasn't able to sleep. I was up all night because uh, we sat back. We we usually give each other a bit of banter, but Chad Townsend called me fat last week, and I thought, what do I say about Chad? You know, he's the model citizen. You know, he trains. He's professional. He does all that shit. And then I saw his haircut pre-game uh, <laughs> against the Dragons, and I thought. Oh my God. Uh, why is he painted his head with boot polish? Why is it crooked? Uh, Chad Gadsden, welcome to the
3: podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having us. See how we look, mate, it's just got to keep up with the trends, you know, like um, th- things are moving these days. I'm lucky I've still got hair, unlike others in this conversation, but um, oh you know, wow, we, um,
2: yeah, we'll, we'll move forward with it. Yeah, we certainly will move forward. Uh, one person that won't be complaining about his hair is Nick Davis. So uh, he's out riding his horse this afternoon. Uh, you can see him in the Olympics, the equestrian. Uh, Nick Davis, <laughs> you, you're still holding
1: on that Derek Carr jersey. Yeah, I'm holding on. It could be vintage by about week four or five this year. It could be. Uh, it could be worth a fair bit. They might might be selling them. They won't be selling the eight jersey. But now uh, looking forward to another good show.
2: And uh, new soon to be dad for the first time was up early this morning, and yeah, you know, he has his social media. He was worried about his two K time trial. Uh, oh. Copes, you weigh about fifty kilos. Imagine lugging, <laughs> imagine lugging ninety seven kilos between <laughs> burgers and beers or off season. How'd you go, mate?
0: Uh, look, it's fair to say I'm in fat club uh, moving oh, forward. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a good Been return. There.
1: Been there, there.
0: Yeah, what so I'm normally just... I'm normally between a sort of six fifty to seven ten mark, and it was. Right around the eight-minute mark. Bad. Are you,
1: are you carrying this child?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, I am. You can't quite see my belly, but yeah. So I've got work to do. But day two of preseason, I'm not too displeased. But yeah, Fat yeah. Club, Bondi Icebergs on Saturdays.
1: There's oh, wow. was worse places to be, but there's no worse <laughs> night's sleep
0: oh, than yeah. the night That's before
1: cool. the time trial. No oh, worse yeah. night's <laughs> sleep. And 100%. you know how many light poles I contemplated over between Sylvania and the SCG in my pre-season time. I think, how hard can I crash this car? Not to hurt myself badly, but to not have to do this time trial. That went through my
2: head so many times. Okay, well, it is an NFL podcast if you're tuning in for the first <laughs> time, but we will tell you about our pre-seasons one day. Uh, tonight's show, boys, uh, we've gone through all the divisions, we've got all the markets up, for topsport.com.au, but we're talking about coaches. A lot of uh, coaches in the NRL under the pump, but coaches in the NFL, there's only 32 jobs and every year so coveted, so much change over. We're talk about who the best coaches are, what makes a good coach and who the coach of the year might be. Of course, we've got our ultimate offense tonight. Uh, The boys, we picked one from the 2010 to 2020. Uh, We've picked a quarterback, a running back, a tight end, and two wide receivers. Start bench cut, it's an absolute uh, doozy. And we've got a couple of fan questions and a fantasy wrap-up, only because Copes wants it in each week so he can finish the show. But let's get started, boys. Coaches in the NFL. As I said, so much turnover. Chad Townsend, Cleveland Browns have had a lot of turnover in recent years. But I want to know tonight... What makes a good coach, not necessarily, I mean, our experience is in the NRL and uh, AFL and cricket, but the NFL, you have to be across so many things, don't you?
3: Yeah, 100%. Sally. I think it's the ever revolving door of NFL coaches, and they've got a big job. You know, they start their preseasons with 90 man rosters. Um, you know, you see off- offensive coordinators, assistant coaches, they don't really stay in the same spot for very long. They move around the country. Um, it's very rare to have you know long tenures as a coach in the NFL. And someone who obviously comes to the top of the mind is Bill Belichick, who's been, without doubt, probably will go down as the best coach in NFL history as long as alongside some others but you know his record speaks for itself and I love the way he's got that hard edge he's got that experience and he holds his players to high standards which I think you need as a coach. Uh,
2: Dickie, John Longmire is probably the closest in Australia in terms of that large squad where you have to be across everything how, how similar is that to, to what Chad's talking about 90 guys you got such a, a lot of players that you have to be across to see if they're all right the support staff is so important as well.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a measure of of a really good coach. Obviously, how how your team plays and being able to get the best out of, of your players. But then it's also how many of your players or assistant coaches then go on to impact other teams and other franchises. And we've seen it a lot. We're starting to see it at the moment in the NRL here in uh, with Craig Bellamy, seeing what uh, Adam O'Brien's been able to do at Newcastle. Uh, and we've seen it a little bit now in the AFL as well. So I think Bill Belichick, he leads that as well. How many of his guys are out there now doing great things around the, uh, the NFL with their own franchises with the Patriots model and then just putting their own flavor on it. So I think that is a, uh, is a really big key to being a great coach.
2: I'm glad you brought that up because that's my next question, because I, I disagree. I have a look at Matt Patricia and what he tried to do at the Detroit Lions. He stuck, he sucks. He stinks <laughs> at what he tried to do there because Uh, Matt Stafford's a pretty good quarterback, but sometimes that doesn't always work, does it, Coach? Because we've seen the great coaches that have this great support staff. I mean, Josh McDaniels hasn't left the New England Patriots because maybe he doesn't back himself, maybe he doesn't have the weapons to go to a a bad team or the right situation, but it doesn't always work out for the support staff.
0: No, and look, there's two things to this. In my opinion, one of the great things that Bill Belichick has done is – He's delegated well. He's had good people around him. um, But so much needs to go right in an NFL franchise. It's picking the roster, as Chad was talking about, from 90 men down to 55 at the start of the season. Um, But delegating the right roles on game day, what are my strengths? You need to know that intricately to not try and take over. For those of you who don't know, you'll have an offensive coordinator calling plays. You'll have a defensive coordinator. You'll have a special teams guy and they're all communicating with a head coach who sometimes might not run play calling. Sometimes they will. Uh, sometimes they'll take over in crunch moments. So you add all of that together and it's an absolute shit show, really. To, to sift through all of that and do it for so long and be so successful, that's why Bill Belichick stands above the rest. I mean, he's got a 68% win percentage, 273 wins, 127 losses. Yeah, one guy that...
2: One guy that uh was able to keep a job for a long time was Jason Garrett, uh, Dallas Cowboys fans out there. I couldn't, honestly, uh, when the dragons are looking for a coach a couple of weeks ago, I thought Jason Garrett was going to get a, get a call up, but uh, boys let's uh, keep it rolling here. Who is the best coach in the NFL? Uh, I know the obvious choices are, you know, there's the Super Bowl winners, but is there, is there one guy that stands out? It's easy to say Bill Belichick, but Chad Townsend, who is the best coach in your eyes in the NFL right now?
3: Yeah, look, that's a, it's extremely tough, you know, um, questions here obviously Bill Pellicek stands out but someone for me who I really enjoy as a coach and had success early on in his coaching careers is Sean McVeigh. you hear about the stories about Sean McVeigh and the knowledge of, of that he has for the game and how he started to get into coaching so basically he turned up to um, I'm not sure I can't remember what franchise it was just to volunteer his time I think it was Tampa Bay
1: with uh, John Gruden
3: Tampa you're right, did he. Tampa Bay, Tom with, with um John Gruden, volunteered his time, learnt the game of football, become, you know, learnt that much that they asked him to take a job and then worked his way up right into the NFL. So someone like Sean McVeigh, just his knowledge for the game is probably, you know, one of my favorite coaches to watch.
0: If you haven't what seen I, it, boys, sorry to chime in. Don't. Get on YouTube and watch McVay play call recall. It, it is phenomenal. It, it, someone comes in from the media team and asks him questions way back all the way to college. Okay, the score is sixteen ten. 16-10. It's 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. What was your play call on third and one? And he just rattles it off game after game. He just knows exactly what the play call was. He's just an absolute wizard. I love that. Yeah, I,
2: bet, I bet the fans wish he could rattle it off when they need fourth and one and they don't hand the ball off to Gurley. But anyway, that was last week. <laughs> Chad, if you like uh, Sean McVeigh and the coach of the year, uh, I guess betting for topsport.com.au, $26 you can get him at. Nick Davis, if you say John Gruden, uh, you're on a one-week band. He, he's definitely <laughs> not your favourite coach. Who uh, Who's the best coach in the NFL? Uh,
1: mine's a little bit oh, – I'm not really left field, but and probably a bit more along the longevity line. Mine's Pete Carroll uh, of the Seahawks. I, I just love his philosophies. Uh, anyone that's looking for a good read, his he, book Winning Forever um, is a – He's a guide to life and coaching. Um, I, I, like I said, I like his philosophy. And, and look, he, he is a lot more animated probably than he used to be. He gets right into the game. Um, he's obviously got you know number one offensive weapon, arguably in the competition, Russell Wilson. But what he's been able to do with that side and, and keep him you know, relevant for a long, long time, um, Pete Carroll is my man.
2: Yeah, Pete Carroll, you can get him $29. Trent Copeland, who is the best coach in the NFL?
0: Uh, I really like some of the uh, innovative coaches that are trying to change the game. Um, So particularly Shanahan, I'm obviously a huge 49ers fan. Uh, I think I love there's guys coming in and trying to do that Um, with the Cardinals, the air raid offense, the way that's sort of happening. But look, I'm going to say for this, it's Sean McVay for me. Um, For a long time, he's sort of been in Belichick's uh, shadows, I guess. But uh, I've loved how he's run a very similar thing in New Orleans with Drew Brees, um, but being with the times all the time. He's never been comfortable. He's always changed the offense, changed the defense if their offense hasn't been flash, um, and being quite innovative along the way. So he's my man. Sean Payton, you you're saying? Yes, sorry, yeah. Sean Payton. Sean Payton, $23 uh, to win
2: Coach of the Year. I like, I mean, I'm kind of like the old school. Uh, John Harborough, you talk about Mike Tomlin, what those guys have been able to do. And I look at John Harborough, what he's, you coach against your brother, you win a Super Bowl, then you, you're known for the defense. And now you get this whiz kid and you're able to work him in the way he did this year. I love the fact that they can control a dressing room. And Mike Tomlin took a stance last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were down to their fourth or fifth quarterback, uh, Duck Hodges, I think his name was. I don't know if he'll be in the NFL anymore. But anyway, uh, good luck to him if he is. Duck, if you're listening, mate, good luck this year. Hopefully you get a couple of snaps. But I just like the way they command themselves. Like The guys that are in charge of the locker room, for me, always got... A better performance out because I knew that I didn't have to worry anything about that. So I like yeah, Harbour and, of course, Mike Tomlin, uh, both those guys at 26 and $21, respectively. Topsport.com today, you, yeah, the favorite to get coach of the year this year, boys. Bill Belichick, $11. Uh, Mike McCarthy at Dallas might be a smoky, $15. And your man who's just signed a six year extension, Copes, Kyle Shanahan, uh, Mr. 28 3. Uh, Hasn't lived that down. Uh, He's $17, six-year extension. You've got to be happy with that, Copes.
0: Yeah, I'm absolutely stoked. There's one more piece of the puzzle, and that's George Kittle. But uh, largely, this offseason has been an absolute dream. Trent Williams on board. uh, Big extension for Shanahan. Yeah, things are looking good.
2: Uh, Boys, in our WhatsApp group this week, we decided to come up with uh, our ultimate offense. And uh, we had to pick a quarterback. We had to pick a running back. Tight end and two wide receivers. Now, a bit of conjecture because uh, Nick Davis wanted to go from 2010 to 2020. Uh, I wanted to go the last two years because I probably wasn't watching NFL 10 years ago. But uh, we've decided to come up with the last 10 years. So, Chad Townsend, your ultimate offense. Who is leading the way? Who's the quarterback? Yeah, look, over the last 10 years, uh, I think there's
3: one guy that stands head and shoulders. And that's obviously an easy selection, Tom Brady. So, he's my quarterback.
2: Quarterback, what about running back and tight end?
3: Running back is Marshall Lynch, uh, beast mode. You know, everyone's sort of seen what, he, what he's done um, over the last 10 years. Um, that beast quake, a lot of big runs, damaging runs. Um, and tight end, Rob Gronkowski.
2: Rob Gronkowski and the two wide receivers. And two
3: wide receivers, um, hard to go Bast, Antonio Brown and Julio Jones.
2: Yep, so you've got a target there that'll get thrown the ball. And Julio Jones, who Matt Ryan will introduce himself hopefully in that red zone this year. <laughs> Nick Davis, uh, who's a quarterback for you, mate?
1: Yeah, it was hard to split. Uh, it was hard to split Tom and, and Aaron Rodgers, but I went with Tom Brady, uh, just the amount of championships and what he was able to do with the Pats. So Tom Brady is my quarterback.
2: Uh, running back and tight end.
1: Uh, Adrian Peterson is my running back. Uh, he was just a jet through the, uh, the early uh, 2010s. 2,000-yard uh, uh, rushing season in, in 2012. That's, uh, that's enough to get you across the line in my team. And I also went with uh, Rob Gronkowski at tight end.
2: And two wide receivers.
1: I went with Antonio Brown. 600-yard uh, catch seasons is uh, a very, very good production from Antonio Brown. Unfortunately, he would have had another one last year if he had to join the Raiders, but that's another story. And I went with Larry Fitzgerald. Um, I just want a steady, a steady uh, receiver. Obviously, he played a, a wide out early and then went into the slot later on in his career. So uh, I've got both, case, uh, both positions covered there with Antonio Brown and Larry Fitzgerald.
2: Yeah, very good. What about you, Capes? I'm sure you'll have one for the archives here that we've never heard of, but you, uh, you'll, you'll certainly bring him up.
0: No, I'm going modern with my QB, and it's Pat Mahomes. I think uh, like all the guys that have spoken before, they've won rings, they've been unbelievable for a long period of time. I think the only thing standing between Pat Mahomes and that conversation is time. It's going to be there eventually. So he's my man. Uh,
2: running back and tight end.
0: Running back all day for me as well, Uh, Peterson, he stood out for me. With the Vikings, he was just unbelievable. He's still kicking now, playing for the Washington Redskins. But uh, if you look at the whole decade, he was the man who stood out for me. Uh, Tight end, uh, a legend of the game. Hall of Famer, Tony Gonzalez. Most people think of Gronk uh, as a legendary tight end. Well, this guy, he's got over 15,000 receiving yards, and I think he's arguably the best in the business. Yeah, and what about your two wide receivers? Wide receivers, this guy, he made me fall in love with the NFL. Uh, Megatron, uh, and that's Calvin Johnson, playing for the Detroit Lions, athletic freak. I always loved the 49ers, but this guy made me fall in love with the actual league itself and the athletes that are on display. Uh, And the other one, I had Antonio Brown, but for the sake of being different, I'll go Reggie Wayne, uh, who I really just absolutely love. So reliable uh, for the Colts over the years.
2: Yeah, boys, well, uh, you, I know you're all smiling, waiting for mine because I couldn't <laughs> wait to get my team out. I dug back a whole two years to get my team. Uh, look, Pat Mahomes, I think that, the like Cope said, it'll be time to see whether he's the, the greatest. If LeBron James was going to be greater than Michael Jordan, it was going to be time. Not necessarily championships, his overall body of work. I think he will get pretty close. Running back, I love this kid McCaffrey. What he's been able to do is catch out of the back of the field, also get the yards as well. And I think he's going to really miss Cam Newton, the old Cam Newton that used to run the ball. He's going to get bashed up now and he probably won't be playing in two years, McCaffrey, but he's got that big deal. So congrats to him. Gronk, of course, is the greatest of all time tight end. And wide receivers, Antonio Brown for me, I, can't, I think he will be back in the NFL this year. Let's throw it up on our Move the Chains podcast. Will Antonio Brown be uh, back in the NFL this year? I think he will. And, of course, I had to be a bit of a homer here and go Michael Thomas. Uh, over 100 catches last year. I need a deep threat. I need an under route uh, threat as well. So I'm going those two guys. Copes, are you impressed that I actually knew uh, more than two names?
0: Yes, you've done really well. That quick Google search before we came on air was <laughs> useful. <laughs> I try my best,
2: boys. I'm only the host. I'm just I'm here to hear your knowledge uh, to try and catch you guys in fantasy this year. All right, boys, it's time to keep it rolling. On to start bench and cut. And uh, there was a couple of suggestions. We I thought we you know we may have gone with coaches because that was a the theme, but we've decided to go with running backs. These are the top three running backs as per ESPN uh, last year and the year before: Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, and Saquon Barkley. Chad Townsend, start bench cut. Yeah, look,
3: uh, I'm going to start Saquon Barkley and I'm going to bench Ezekiel Elliott and I'm going to cut Todd Gurley. Unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of question marks around Todd Gurley at the moment, especially with his knee and his health. Uh, the fact that he's got some positive signs. He passed his physical last week with the Falcons, but he's on a one-year deal, You know, banking on him having a good season. And, and the other two, I guess they speak for themselves. You know, Saquon has shown what he can produce. He's only a young, young fellow and um, Zeke, has uh, got a big contract and is sitting pretty in a Dallas offense that looks really good for this upcoming season.
1: What about you, Dickie? Yeah, I'm going to go the same, uh, the same as Chad. I'm going to uh, start Saquon. He's, um, he's just a jet. He's, uh, he's, a, he's an amazing player. Uh, Zeke, for those uh, reasons, look, he's got a great O-line. Um, he's, got, uh, he's got the dollars to match. And it's just the injuries for for Todd Gurley, the the, the Consensus about the, the knees and the cartilages and all that sort of stuff. If he's healthy, um, he's nearly a start. But, uh, you know, he's got to get through that. Uh, he's got to get through a season and he couldn't do that last year.
2: You're probably going to agree as well, Copes?
0: Uh, I initially was, but I actually came at this from a point of view of, am I legit trying to win a championship game here? And, and if I was, I'd be starting Zeke. Uh, He's a guy who I know I could rely on to run between the tackles and find those hard yards. I think Saquon's undoubtedly the best talent, no question. Uh, But he just hasn't done it yet, and particularly in playoffs. So I think I'm starting Zeke, benching Saquon, and for the same reasons as the other two. Yeah, I'm going to bench Gurley. Ah, cut Gurley, sorry.
2: Yeah, I'm with you, Copes. So I think that Zeke has proven that he can get the job done in those big moments. Uh, Gurley, we know his injuries, but before he was injured, like he was unstoppable. I remember watching yeah. him a couple of years ago; he was just the best thing we'd seen at the moment. And Saquon Barkley, I know how good he is, but is there a victor Is there a chance that he falls victim to the New York Giants just being shit? You know, are they just going to use him up? And yeah, we, we look at how amazing he is, and he does some great things, Chad, but. Saquon Barkley, he's good now. Are we ever going to see the greatness because they don't build around him? Which is the trouble, right, with with American sports. They go the best players get drafted to the worst teams, and we may not ever see them. Not everyone's LeBron James and can carry guys that, you know, especially in football. Are we going to see the best of Saquon?
3: Yeah, look, it's it's a good question, Sally. I think with the Giants, you look at their offense, and they're all so young. Like you look at this, their quarterback Daniel Jones, uh, wide receiver Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, their tight end, and you chuck in Saquon in there. And I'm not sure about all their ages, but let's just say they're all under the age of 24. And you know that experience it counts come the back end of the season.
2: Yeah, it certainly does. And of course, you don't want him to get injured. He had that ankle problem last year, so. Uh, boys we're, we're through the show I can't believe this there's a couple of fan questions you put it up on Instagram Chad did we have any come through or is everyone just waiting that everyone just wants the season to start because I can't wait to hear Copes' fantasy rap this week
3: I'm just checking now Sally but uh, last time I checked yeah we were um, we didn't have many on uh, on the Instagram but was there any on Twitter
2: we've got our Twitter polls Yeah, we got Twitter polls from last week. Uh, Nick Davis, you put those up. I was expecting you to bring those up, but uh, I'll I'll have to go back Well, you're the host. Yeah. (laughs) Very well done. How how dare I ask you to do anything but sit there and uh, be enthused for the whole show. Be knowledgeable. Yeah, sorry. We did have our Twitter polls last week. Um, Let's talk about the biggest recruit. Which off-season recruit will have the biggest impact for their new teams? Tom Brady, 84%. Phillip Rivers, um, 16%. Phillip Rivers... Indianapolis Colts copes. Is, is it just me or are they going to be a smoky like to win that division? But They're probably going to win that division with Phillip Rivers. They just need a little bit of luck, right? They've got some good pieces.
0: Yeah, I think, look, if you wind it back a year and a half and Andrew Luck's healthy with this offense, I think they could go all the way. They could give it a real shake. So yeah, I totally agree. I think he's going to have much better offensive line protection this year. Uh, so you might not see the Phil Rivers... Uh, turnovers that we saw last year. So, yeah, yeah I, I think along with Jonathan Taylor, their running back they took in the draft, I'm excited for them. Michael Pittman as well, athletic freak.
1: I think yeah. Philip Rivers is going to do some really good work. Oh, I, I'm, I some, agree. I'm still really sceptical. Like, I know it's Tom Brady and I know the pieces of the Bucks puzzle but I'm really, I'm just, the, the jury is out with me. He's 40 years old and he was and <laughs> 42. 42, however and he was held together by a really good defense last year. And let's be clear for fantasy players and how good the Patriots' defense was last year in fantasy and in just general football, their defense was outstanding and they kept
2: them in a lot of games. So I, I reckon Phil Rivers is going to be huge. Uh, Chad, quick one on Tom Brady and the Bucs. He had Edelman to get him out of third downs last year. Who's he going to be looking for? Is it going to be Mike Evans or Godwin or is it Gronk? Like... Are we, think, are we thinking too far ahead and just thinking that they're going to wind back the clock, him and Gronk, and get the job done down in Tampa Bay?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think the, the big question marks around Gronk are uh, how he's he going to be after his year off. I think he's naturally going to have to build that combination with um, Mike Evans. We saw ESPN and the combination he had with Mike Evans over the last few years. Um, that was his go-to target. And I think you know Mike Evans is probably the number one threat down in Tampa. So. Um building that combination and that trust because I, I remember hearing a quote from Tom Brady saying that if he doesn't trust his receivers, he won't have them on the field. So that's going to be an important thing moving forward for the Bucks.
0: Yeah, it's certainly Oh, sorry. I love how well that ESPN just rolled off your tongue then. That was <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> I was just about to pick out. For those of
2: you that don't know, ESPN is also named as Jameis Wimston. And you will not disrespect the New Orleans Saints backup quarterback like that. I'll tell you that. Uh, Why do uh, we call him ESPN? Let the viewers know, Salby. Why do we call him ESPN? Yeah, 30 for 30. I guarantee it won't happen this year. Um, uh, which wide receiver will have the biggest impact at their new team? DeAndre Hopkins or Stefan Diggs? Uh, Dicky. An easy one because maybe they're the, the system and we're expecting Arizona to improve, but Stefan Diggs is no slouch. Yeah, he's no slouch. He's, um, he's a, he's a, uh,
1: you know, a top five, top 10 wide out, but I think the big move for DeAndre Hopkins and, and we were talking coaches before, I think Bill O'Brien's put a massive target on his back this year. Uh, he's in charge of personnel there now at Houston and he's left Deshaun Watson without the number one wide out in the comp. So, uh, I think, uh, DeAndre Hopkins will go there with a, uh, be in his bonnet and he will be a uh, champion. I won't Agreed. say stud because we got in trouble. Copes, that's Copes' <laughs> line. And DeAndre Hopkins
2: will be a stud a this year. Uh, Copes, you're bullish on Arizona. They're in your division. But DeAndre Hopkins, is there a threat that Kyler Murray tries to look for him too much early on, You know, like Baker and, and Odell, and they, they start to not get that chemistry early on?
0: I don't think so. I think he's actually going to just heighten everything. He's going to be his safety net when Kyler is so skillful in the pocket with his uh, evasiveness. He can run. Uh, when he's throwing near the sideline to Larry Fitzgerald on one side uh, and he can throw the same on the other side, as well as having that deep threat in Christian Kirk, I mean, as well as the rest of them. There's uh, Isabella there. There's so many other guys that are so skillful. So... Look, I just think he's going to add the perfect element to that offense to make them a real threat all across the field. I mean, think about it from a defensive point of view. Are you going underneath Mm. or are you going downfield? I don't know what the answer is. Chad, just a quick 30 seconds here. How hard is it to work in a superstar to your
2: offense? It's Sean Johnson. I know it's a different sport, but just give us a quick snippet. How hard is it to get those superstar guys into an offense that was maybe working at times that you have to change around to try and get them a touch?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think the first thing that obviously, you know, these NFL players have to learn when they change teams is the playbook. And we all know how thick the offensive playbook is. Uh, and then, as I said before, building that trust, that combination between quarterback and receiver. And that only comes with time, like playing in games, getting the reps at training, um, you know, for the quarterback to know where the wide receiver is going to be before even he knows. And having that trust where that he can throw the ball and he knows that his receiver is going to be there in the right spot to cap- make the catch.
2: Yeah, and the last one was, uh, at Moving the Chains NFL, we're going to be throwing these up. It was a great segment by you, Dickie. Uh, which running back will have the bigger impact at their new team, David Johnson or Todd Gurley? Um, uh, Tom Brady won the, the quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins wins this. But this one was a little bit closer. Todd Gurley, the favourite to win this one, Copes. Is that a bit surprising?
0: Not really. I think people still know what he's capable of in, in good health. And David Johnson's had his injury issues as well. You just look at the two teams, who's going to be the better team? And I think you probably look towards the Falcons. If, if things fall right, uh, it could really work out well for them. And, and Todd Gurley, we know he's good in all three down roles. So uh, if health lets him play, uh, he's going to be an absolute stud. <laughs> I love it.
2: Todd Gurley, for, for you, Dickie and Chad?
0: Yeah, yeah, I I,
3: I agree with the same and the exact same reasons as um as Copes. He's a, he's going to be a
2: stud. Yeah, stud. Throw that up on the app. <laughs> do you like the word stud? Because I do. I think, <laughs> uh, I think it's great, uh, boys. Uh, yeah, very well done. We've we've been able to get through that uh, a lot of talk there. I've got a, a fantasy question this week for my own. Again, it's my own playbook here that I come up with. But uh, Copes, when choosing a tight end, if you're not going to get Kittle uh, comes off the board, or Kelsey, one of those guys who's going to get a lot of reps, going to get a lot of targets their way. When should you pull the trigger on a tight end, and and who are some of the guys that we can sort of get maybe at a later date that we're probably not going to be able to get if we don't get the top guys?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I think the the best thing to have in your armory is to watch the draft board. Uh, It's hard in a really quick sixty second live draft uh, where you're not in the same room as people, but um, if you get the opportunity. Uh, and you miss those elite guys, don't be the one to start a run. Try and find yourself uh, in that mould where you want to get to a situation where you've got five picks between you and the next guy that needs a tight end, and there's six tight ends still on the board. You are happy to take a guy like Tyler Higby, who could be a breakout guy, who was unbelievable the last five rounds of last year, uh, or a Noah Fant um, Dallas got it is not a bad late round flyer uh, if something was to happen to Zach Ertz. But look, all I would say is if those two go, don't draft another one until at least round eight or nine because there's plenty of late round talent.
2: That's a common mistake, isn't it, Chad? I mean, again, I'm only two years into it and I'm still learning more about the NFL all the time. But in the couple of drafts that I've been in, I've probably been... Reactive rather than proactive, like uh, Copes is talking about. Because if he takes Kelsey and someone else gets killed, I start to panic as not as seasoned as the others and try and take the next best. It's not always the best way, is it? Yeah, definitely. And I think the biggest thing with fantasy is like gaining knowledge about the NFL and learn
3: and um, you know learning about the players. And Copes always says is how how you know he knows the backups and. Um, the, the depth charts and what it's, what it's all about. So I think for me, what, when I'm drafting my team, I tend to look at where other players have gone off the board and then also you know, think to myself, what am I in need of right now and what plays do I think will still be available when my next selection
2: um, you know, comes up? Dickie, Kittle or Kelsey? Who would you like to get first?
1: Um, I'd like Kelsey first, but wow. I, I've, got a, I've got a different strategy there. I, I don't mind having a few... Uh, tight ends on my fantasy roster because they can be quite valuable if you get a Kittle or a Kelsey injured and there's not a lot of high scoring uh, tight ends and it's a one position um, they can be quite valuable um, look there's plenty of other, there's plenty of wide receivers and running backs uh, in the competition i to have a couple of tight ends in my squad and you can look to trade them off during the year. If if the if there's a one other person in your competition that's that's low on a tight end or he's he he runs with one tight end and he gets hurt, you might be able to trade him to um to you know increase the value in a upgrade another position. So I go with a little bit of a different strategy.
2: Yeah, very well done boys. Moving the chains, episode nine. We're still here getting all those fancy tips. It's great because Uh, I'll, I'll speak. I know you guys will laugh at me week to week, but it is actually knowledgeable for me to learn along the way rather than trying to pick the best players. I mean, super coach is a lot different in Australia. You've got to watch the money value and all that kind of stuff. But NFL fantasy is one of the most enjoyable things because you're watching all the games at once and you're working out what players to get at what time and all that kind of stuff. So I've been really enjoying that. Uh, Let us know if you've been enjoying the fantasy segment at the end of the show. Boys, moving the chains. Uh, Thanks to our friends at topsport.com.au. Everyone stay safe. We'll see you next week.